American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Listeners of the Reject Nation, welcome to our Season 1, Episode 3 review of Ahsoka. Time to Fly is the name of the episode. Michael, Tesla, Gregory, and myself are about to discuss it, but before we do... Uh, we got a little word from the sponsor. and uh, they, they make this all possible, so uh, thanks to them. Greetings, fellow questers. Prepare to embark on a magical journey with Omni Heroes, the ultimate blend of heroic fantasy and strategy RPG. Envision a world where Valkyries, our beacon of light, aren't snared by treacherous demons. Your quest, should you choose to accept it. Morph into an Omni Guardian. Unleash your inner hero and save those ethereal maidens from the clutches of darkness. Two of our legendary lasses stealing the spotlight. Dorabella with spells so cool they're downright enchanted. And Luler, who's more than just Athena's shadow. She's a blazing legend. But wait, there's more lore in store. Omni Heroes isn't just about brandishing swords and fleeing spells. It boasts a synergy system where you mix over 100 heroes to devise unbeatable team combos. Conquer realms and reign supreme in adrenaline-packed PvE and PvP battles. Weave your strategies, flex those magical muscles, and ascend the global throne. Feeling a tad weary from your quest? Fret not! Embrace the game's idle charms and with a mere wizardly wave or tap. Who's your phone? Watch your power soar. From joining mystic guilds to navigating enchanting labyrinths and trying your luck in blackjack challenges that's a roller coaster of runes and riches. Ready to summon some magic? Download and install Omni Heroes now for a whopping 777 free summons. Secure a minimum of five legendary heroes, ensuring an epic start. Omni Heroes is now available on both the Apple App Store and Google Play Store and has earned recommendations from Google Play. Chillax or strategize with enchanting Valkyries. So brave adventurers, are you game? Leave it Omni Heroes with every spell slash and synergy counts. Full length reaction watch along where you sync with your own copy of Ahsoka available for a super section reject at our Patreon page. Let's fun to really watch the episode. Oh man, I was really uh, enjoying that. Yeah. <sighs> too short. That was way too short. Too short. But definitely leaves you wanting more. Yeah. We're in on a the good right way. Track. In a good way. Yeah. Oh, we're on the right track. Let's chit chat. I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're sending up Jason for a future spin-off show. Or he's going to want to become a Jedi, guys. Uh-oh. That's my big takeaway out of everything that happened in this episode. <laughs> I got one takeaway. Yeah. We're setting up the new Kanan <laughs> show. <laughs> and they can make their own, like, Young Avengers. You get Grogu, you get little Jason. Come on, you know they're going to do children it. Characters. Characters. Well, you know, he could Young. end up at the Jedi Temple and... You know, everything goes great. Right. This Jedi is what temple. happens. This is what happens. This is what happens. Say and one then little thing to a Star Wars. Kylo Ren <laughs> kills them <laughs> all. Uh, yeah. The history repeats That'd be itself. great. That'd be, get, a, get a fun side of Kylo. Yeah. I, the more... <laughs> Kylo friend. Kylo friend. It would be fun to 
depending on how this pans out, to have a large group of characters end up in this other galaxy permanently as to explain their absence in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, because that's going to bug me yeah. forever. Big time. <laughs> um, the, the only issue is the ghost, uh, Hera's ship, is in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. It's at the Battle of Exegol. Um, I overall really liked this episode a lot. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. It, it was, it felt, it had that actual, that spirit, that, mm. that genuine spirit and wonder of what I thought Mandalorian season three was often kind of like fail at and feel rushed to- during. Yeah. This didn't do that. Yes, it's a short episode, uh, but still I felt the substance of it. And I, I genuinely had a really good time. Am I like, on the edge of my seat in terms of like suspense no but in terms of absorbing the adventure i really feel the absorption of that and i'm i'm really finding myself much more endeared now because the last the last two you know had a, a more serious tone which is not a problem to me at all like i i overall i loved it uh while i had a little bit of gripes in terms of so, and I know some people have a pushback on this. I feel like there's a divide here. I've noticed some people have echoed our opinions of some of that stoicism that I was like, eh, I could use a little bit just more pep in the personality in some way. And and I thought this really brought it with with Ahsoka and Sabine and the chemistry. Like I really felt the chemistry between them this time. Yeah. And I found myself really um, enjoying the whole training segments with them, especially at the very top of this episode. And then watching as Ahsoka again being the the master learning from your Padawan, similar to like how like you know Ahsoka was paired up with Anakin, so Anakin could learn something about himself as well. Mm-hmm. And now you're watching that trajectory um, unfold. And while like that's part of the package usually <laughs> with Master and Padawan, it, it this really feels like okay, specifically with Anakin to Ahsoka, and now for Ahsoka to Sabine. It is so. It is just as much about the master learning about themselves and how to be, uh, as well as the Padawan, on top of that too. So I really, I really like this one a lot. I like the future of where it's headed towards, and when they finally reveal that that was Ezra under the mask the whole time. It's nice to see Ahsoka, <laughs> because I, I was doing a lot of thinking about it. Um, you know, and I think everybody in the comment section agreed. Like Ahsoka is like a very say uptight but not the traditional friendly happy vibrant ahsoka that we knew in in the early seasons of the clone wars and you know you can only imagine the trauma that it is of having somebody that you're so close with that you know on such a personal deep intimate level only for them to fall the way that anakin did and i think something that we're going to continue to explore is between the relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine, part of the reason that Ahsoka is struggling to be a real master is because that level of being vulnerable is something that I, I think she's scared to get hurt again. And it's not that she doesn't care about Sabine. It's just that it's, you know, what if I do this wrong and, and yeah. you know, my Padawan goes to the dark side. Well, um, they, yeah, the last time between Rebels to Mandalorian, the last time we saw Ahsoka uh, in the animated format, other than the ending tease, the cliffhanger, was that she just got the revelation of Anakin is Darth Vader. Yeah. 
And you can only imagine the amount of emotional trauma. (laughs) And put through space and time, missed several years of her life. She went through some trauma. It (laughs) makes sense to me. I I think some people misunderstand if I say, like, I don't think stoic is is necessarily bad. Yeah. And I think that there is... There's kind of like a multi-layer that I was sort of craving, I guess, is what more because yeah. I'm like, no, it makes yeah. sense to me that she would be different yeah. <laughs> based off of what she went through. Like, yeah. of course she would be different. And we're starting you know? to see those the dimensions of the relationship. Yeah. And the nuance of it. And, and I really appreciate what you said about that. Cause uh, I think we're we're gonna continue to see that evolution. I'm glad that Hera and I can't believe I'm saying this, isn't coming along for this leg of the journey, if only to give those two the room for their relationship to really... Having just them, if only for an episode or two, is really, really important to that relationship developing in a big way. Um, I did want to say that uh, I felt like Hera's portrayal, um, number one, I think, uh, on an acting level, doing an amazing job, I just remember her being so much better at politics, though. Like, that was something that was, uh, when we see her evolution as, like, the leader of, you know, Phoenix Squadron and the Rebel Cell, and then the introduction to the larger Rebel organization, I feel like she was so good at navigating the nuance and the politics of it all, only to just, like, not necessarily be on her game. Um, And part of me wonders if that, you know, is an intentional... uh, trying to show that, you know, in the absence of, of, of Kanan, in the absence of, you know, the family that she's built, um, that she's kind of pulling at strings for, you know, what she longs for and misses. Um, but I thought that dynamic is really interesting. The New Republic, I just, I, I think they need to do something to make me care about it. Um, and they have they a need to do they, something to to give the New Republic like a POV or something more than them just going, it's fine. We're yeah. the New Republic and that's it. Well, some kind of, I think in the same way that like Mon Mothma and Andor did like such a good job at making the rebellion feel more dynamic and interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying like I want like a political thriller, but I want to show that not every single person in the New Republic government is an absolute idiot. Right. Um, because right now it's being set up as that, and it's just it's been consistently unrewarding, uh, time and time again. Where it's like, wow, these are just a bunch of bureaucratic idiots, um, which makes everything that was fought for feel so sad. <laughs> yes. uh, like, like what about all the often spies that died to get them yeah. that information? But well, yeah, I mean, I guess the part of it that lacks a, a believability area because like yeah i get the whole turning the blind eye thing history repeating itself and whatnot is specifically regarding the empire like the fact that they have these former empire people as employees and stuff and they're just like no it's been fun (laughs) like they're all over the (laughs) place it's working out not a a questionable (laughs) thing about allegiance or anything of that regard just like no this is just like one off what are you down with they're fully (laughs) down with the plan i think i think what the new republic is missing narratively because like there's a they're always drawing from history and so the historical precedence here is like yeah, we employed an extraordinary amount of Nazis after World War II because we were scared of the Soviets. I think the issue is there's like no, there's just like, yeah, it's just tough times, you know, a lot of transitions and things. And there's no, you know, and, and here we are creating an existential potential crisis, something that contests the New Republic, something that 
Um, and just instantly they're like, eh, yeah, we're not going to take one of our most trusted general's advice. Like, right, we're not right. going to. Um, and like Mon Mothma, you're the chancellor. Like, you know, I'm sure they've stripped the powers down significantly since Jar Jar. But like, you know, uh, anyway, I do want to talk about the Inquisitor for a minute, if that's OK. Um, sure. Because I've been thinking endlessly about it. And while my hope, narratively speaking, is that it's still Barris, I do really, really like the idea of Sam Whitmer, who played Maul uh, and among many other characters and also voiced Starkiller in Force Unleashed. I do love the idea of them bringing a version of that character to live action. And the reason I love that is because for those that played Force Unleashed, Starkiller was Vader's apprentice. And I think narratively for Ahsoka, who is Anakin's apprentice, to go head to head with somebody who is Vader's apprentice would create such a fascinating dynamic. Definitely. Um, and if it's Ezra, I will lose my mind because narratively that makes absolutely no sense. It is such a waste. It's weird. I feel like <laughs> it actually does make sense in terms of if Ezra was actually with Thrawn and was able to see. Because you see, the problem is, the, so you're the, saying Thrawn's on the right the, side I'm of saying, history. I'm saying the, the, <laughs> ah, the, the, the nuance that yeah. you speak about to Thrawn yeah. is present in the books yeah. and stuff. That's not present in Rebels. Yeah, He's very he's very much a bad guy in Rebels. I think for the most part, he's a bad guy. Where in the books, he's yes. way... Yeah. He's way uh, let me, uh, let yes. me let me, let me very if verbally you out loud, yes. <laughs> I think Thrawn is a bad guy who does bad things. <laughs> I think Thrawn became a bad guy who does bad things <laughs> because right. he's scared of something yeah, it's definitely. that is... A, a yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. And, but I think like the, the nuanced complexity where one can strongly argue yeah. that, like, yeah. hey, he's not necessarily just a black and white villain. I yeah. feel like there is a way he can play an influence, and especially with Ezra, who has yeah. often been yeah. teased... Yeah. Uh, with the dark, teased yeah. the dark side, but lured to the oh, dark boy, side absolutely. many times. I feel like the dark side can take hold yeah. of, of Ezra, especially where he in the also thinks of his friends, and yeah. so so where he I, thinks he's I doing agree. something good. <laughs> I <laughs> you know? I agree on a narrative level the, that when we get to the other galaxy, that we will find an Ezra who may very well be aligned with Thrawn. What I don't think is that that Ezra somehow managed to travel back to this galaxy, didn't let World his friends worlds. know. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't see any rational, logical explanation. I, I just do, explained it perfectly. I do, played it out. I do think. Solid plan. I went on the subway. Very. <laughs> I do feel very confident, though, that the Ezra like Bridger that, that we know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this. This is so much fun to watch you guys. The Ezra Bridger that we find in this other galaxy, I think you're absolutely right in that he'll probably be aligned with Thrawn. They'll probably be working together, and that will probably be really challenging for Sabine, right. who's probably finally coming into her own with the Force, and is like, I'm finally a Jedi, and wait, the Jedi I admire most in the world um, is working with the evil villain. John Johnny. Um, John Yont? John's working really John hard. John Yont. <laughs> John John. Yes, Grand Admiral Yont. <laughs> Grand Admiral Yont. <laughs> That's my name. Don't worry out. All right, John. John, what did you think? <laughs> I'm the so curious. <laughs> I mean, I have so many thoughts about this very straightforward, <laughs> action-oriented <laughs> episode. I mean, I liked, uh, I, you know, I feel like we should almost just stay on conspiracy yeah. track now. Yeah. I mean, I thought this did a nice job. The, yeah. the, the, the loveliest thing this did was portray a... 
an action-based situation that the whole time, to me anyway, did feel like a character building and a team building exercise. And I think the ideal, you know, it's easy to dazzle. In fact, across all of these shows of debatable quality, we've gone and seen different dogfights and, and recontextualized versions of other action set pieces we've seen before. And I thought this did nicely to make something that was visually gripping and exciting, but that also, yeah, feels like you are watching two people mend some aspect of their relationship or open back up to each other, as well as, as you guys pointed out, uh, learning the new things, one, that Padawan needs to learn from their master, and two, that master needs to learn from the overall situation and from Padawan in general. And then you got who? Yeah, but who's the Inquisitor? (laughs) Ezra Bridger, I don't know. No, it's not, John. It's the ghost of Han Solo. <laughs> He's know. not dead yet. He's not dead yet. No, you're time No, but we're going to get time travel. <laughs> we do already have time travel. Oh, yeah. well, the see, then Han's ghost time traveled back and he became the Inquisitor. I was, I was pretty convinced for a minute that Balin was just an alt-history Anakin Skywalker from a different parallel universe. Well, for, see, for I, a millisecond, I was convinced. I, I, I feel like the gray Jedi aspects of of Balin and and uh, great character actors. Uh, <laughs> she's honestly so good. A, um, <laughs> for the fact terrific. that we don't know her name, I, I think I, she's extraordinary. I, I feel like she. I feel like they are representative of to, to help set us up for the when we do see Ezra Bridger. That these are pe- these people are not just like black and white they're sith you know that that they're not that yeah. we are setting they're up red. a way where yeah. they are yes they use dark side stuff but they really believe they're doing it for a, a great yeah. cause yeah. you know and um i am wondering why morgan elsbeth though really is so uh adamant on serving thrawn that i am wondering if there's more because like the, we're opening yeah. up the realm of magic now. Yeah, I mean the it's it's always existed, yeah. but you know there's always been like this weird subsection where like we never really explored magic yeah. in like the live action stuff. And I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be the there, there's some type of battling of magic that we're ultimately building to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is something linked what, to like what's, that. What's the, it the in Marvel? Is, it's like wizards, aliens. What's the the phrase that they use? And robots. And robots. Or that's what yeah. we're. That's what they're doing well, here. Uh, I am just curious of like what is that planet that yeah. wherever uh, yeah. Thrawn is on if if there are other so, what, is that where the magic comes from? So you that's know? to play into that. My kind of like headcanon theory at this point is they have taken the time now to say that according to the Jedi there used to be multiple intergalactic hyperspace intergalactic lights. hyperspace <laughs> hyperspace intergalactic. <laughs> <laughs> Which raises the question, um, are there Night Sisters? Are there Jedi of a different type yeah. that exist in these other galaxies? And is there just a much larger narrative at play than what we've been limited to? There are people to who, it's like Zootopia, but everyone has the Force and they're just... Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> but that's kind of the interesting... So, like, I mean, even the in, like... Force is special here, everyone has. Yeah. Well, but even, like, you know, in, in talking about, like, the Chiss and the Unknown Regions, which is still in this galaxy, like, that's drawn species. You know, they have a group of Force-sensitive youth who are called the Skywalker Corps, mm-hmm. and like they help navigate through these hyperspace lanes and the you know the difficulties of the unknown region using the Force, and so but they have no other exposure to the Jedi, right? And so I think 
if we're exploring other galaxies where the Force still exists, we will see other interpretations of how the Force manifests in different societies. Yeah. Which I think leads perfectly into what you're saying about, like, well, there'll be some interesting conversations between magic and the Force and what that looks like. You know, but but ultimately... You'll find out it's constructed in a lab. Uneasy, yeah, it's midichlorians, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> it's, Drink your it's, force it's juice, it's, boys, yeah. It's Gen V. I, I think... I think ultimately what we're we're looking at, though, with this uneasy alliance between uh, Balin and Morgan and company, and Thrawn... Um, Ezra. Ezra. <laughs> and I think soon Ahsoka and Sabine and... Maybe Luke, maybe, you know, Grogu and Din Djarin and company. I mean, because the other thing that we have to think about here is that these, this is what he's, it's, he said, we're taking all these shows and we're going to turn them into one big cinematic story, which means now, the Mandalorian. George Lucas impression. Yeah. What was that? Now do your George Lucas. George Lucas. Do your George Lucas impression now. I just, I just did. I thought you were doing your Dave Filoni. No, Dave Filoni's Dave Filoni is, is kind of like it's like his Dave Filoni hat. is a cowboy hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's poetry. We gotta end I, this, yeah. man. We I gotta uh, edit. Anyway, um, so that's all I have to say. <laughs> it's poetry, not a novel. <laughs> oh, yo, did you guys see that? Um, they're they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do have. They they dropped some Star Wars trailers for some video games. That's amazing. Yeah. During this episode? No. I can't wait to never get around. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Uh, Maybe I'll start my own competitive YouTube channel. Start reacting. Star Wars theory explained. (laughs) (laughs) Use the mic. Use the mic. Use the mic. That's not bad. Use the mic. Because nobody ever can hear me. Use the mic. That's great. Oh, I didn't even put the name thing. (laughs) Um, Double double meaning. Um, hey, we should uh, thank thank you all for being here. Yeah. And, like, subscribe, and uh, John, good and, work today. And also, uh, we should shout out some patrons. Let's do that. <laughs> all right, guys, we're improvising this. Let's start it off. Tamara Alexander, yes, and and Saferchi, Christian Neal, Ryan Smith, <laughs> Kevin Meek, Adrian Timms. Oh, <laughs> I'm in a corner here. <laughs> Real knock goss. <laughs> Excellently done, Jonathan May. Heather G. It's gear. Heather Gear. Ian Simon. Songhai Glover. Kayla the King. Alamoing. Logan Burton. Kelsey. Kiera. Ericons39. Nick X. Juan Longoria. Cliff Rodriguez. My goat nation. Ma Lorenzo Baxter. Ma <laughs> Differently saying. Marco Tunstill. Lauren American Horse. Simply Faded? SJ94. Justin Martin. Woozy Beatty. Darth Yoda 06. Yes. Jay Bird. Call it. Ed Phil J. Smith Jr. Jen Smith. Melanie. Love freaking Blanc. You are all invited to join the Jedi Academy. All you younglings out there. Yeah, hope you don't get slayed. Come to the temple and be with us. Good job, you will do yes. <laughs> oh, that's the rest of the shout out. It should just be that. 
go, go we home, appreciate Michael. all of you Just guys. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, we really love you. I love saying your names. You have great names. Love you, we do. <laughs> Surrounded you are, Greg. <laughs> Done with life here, is. I, I, got, I got Greg's impression. Hello? <laughs> still here if I shout. Bye, everybody. <laughs>